In Philippians, we see a promise about God's provision. But why does he provide for us? What's taking place here? Let's talk about that today on the THP Online Community Podcast. Hello and welcome to the THP Online Community Podcast. I'm Dallas here and I'm so glad you hit the play button today. Whether you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you found us, thank you so much for being part of our THP Online Community. This week's promise is found in the book of Philippians, which is actually a relatively small book in the Bible. But there's a lot that takes place before we get to this promise that we're focusing on. And today, Pastor Scott's going to kind of walk us through that. And we're going to see really what's behind the provision that God has for us. If you enjoy conversations about the context of the scriptures and walking through it line by line, verse by verse, I want to invite you to be part of our brand new podcast that we just started called Midweek Move. In this podcast, Pastor Scott and a variety of guests sit down and they walk through the scriptures together line by line, verse by verse, to really discover what the Bible is saying and saying in context and practical application, again, is in context of the scriptures. You can find that on any of your favorite podcast catchers. Just look for Midweek Move. We also want to invite you to check out the Facebook page for it called Midweek Move. There will be links in the description down below. That being said, if today's message, today's promise encourages you, challenges you, maybe stirs you to take a next step in your walk with God, I want to invite you to reach out to us. Mediahub at thpshreveport.com is the email to reach out to us at, or you can find us on any of our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram. Just look for THP Shreveport. That being said, let's get into today's discussion. Hey there, everybody. Thank you for welcoming me to wherever you are today. Let's take a deep dive today in the book of Philippians. I don't know why, I just love saying that, Philippians. Turn to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to be in verse 19 for our promise this week. Now, last week we were in Matthew chapter 7, and in Matthew 7 it was, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be open." which sounds amazing and sounds awesome, but it needs a little context. And we kind of built the, the foundation through the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, laid a foundation. And what we took out of last week was not just ask and you'll receive, but where's my heart? How is my motive? What is my motive for asking? What is my motive for seeking? What is my motive for knocking? And this week we come to another promise that literally has a foundation laid before the promise is even given. It is a promise that we need not pull out of the context, but this amazing word that comes to the Philippians has been quoted for generations upon generations. It is probably in uh, a notebook of ours at some point. It may even be on a painting in our home. It may be on a graphic that we have posted on social media, but it's a very familiar verse of Scripture. And Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, and we'll read it first, and then we'll kind of go back and look at the context and build upon it today. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Again, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, Paul is speaking to the believers uh, known as the Philippians in this region, not just in a city, but in a region. And they have literally paid a price to preach the gospel, to serve Jesus, to follow Jesus with everything they've got. 
They have functioned in an area of sacrifice and obedience. Paul is coming to them with this letter and he speaks to them and he says, listen, Paul and Timothy bond servants. Now we've talked about this before. How Paul begins a letter is super important. Sometimes he's Paul an apostle. Sometimes he's Paul a brother in Christ. Sometimes he's a bond servant. Sometimes it's bond servant and apostle. Whenever he uses these terms, it's super important because it gives us context to this letter. And when he says Paul a bond servant, we know that he is about to come and say, listen, you guys have been just absolutely crushing it for Jesus. I see your sacrifice. I see your obedience. The Lord knows what you have done. Listen, don't we all need that sometimes? We, we need that affirmation because sometimes when you're just in the middle of doing it, you can lose sight that your obedience matters. Your faithfulness in the small things matters. One thing that we've been talking about here at The Healing Place is do not miss a moment. I don't want to miss a moment. There have been several steps that I have taken in the last six months, several events that have happened in my own personal life, things that have happened to people that I love that have it hasn't shifted me, but it has just opened my eyes and awakened me not to miss any moment. I've tried to be fully present because we can get so busy. We can get so just in the middle of everything that we miss key moments. I have, I have uh, led funerals for people that I know and love. And in those moments, it's not just a funeral, but it's been a real moment for me. I have gone to funerals of friends of mine, friends, brothers, and sisters in the Lord that it has affected me deeply. It has been moments that quite frankly, had been moments of adversity. And in those moments, I've realized I don't want to miss a moment. I am literally pausing and stopping and going, okay, Lord, what are you saying in this moment? We recently had one of those moments even here on campus where we just gathered for lunch and we had chili and we had a chili cook-off and we had, you know, all these things going on. We, in the midst of the worship gathering, we, we honored elders and staff members and the church honored us and prayed over us and it was just moments and in each one of those moments, I was just like, every person I would lay my hands on, whether it was an elder or staff meeting, I would just go to a moment that I had with them and just been like, Lord, I just want to capture this moment. I don't want to just Pray for them and move on to the next person. But I want to be in this moment. I want to remember why this relationship is important. And when the elders were, were praying over Tanya and I, I wanted to think about every single one of them. And even one of them had said, listen, uh, pastor has been with me. Pastor's been with me. He's been there through a heart attack, through the loss of both of my uh, parents, through birth, through death, through funerals, through marriages. Like he's been there. And it was almost like he was remembering moments and in those moments realizing why that relationship is so important. And Paul is not just reliving something, but he is talking about things that they have done up to this point, but also what they are doing in the, in the reality of the moment. And he's saying, listen, Paul and Timothy, we're coming to you as bond servants. Listen, Paul is... He's unable to be with him. He's got to send correspondence. And we know with Paul, a lot of times that means he's in jail. He's in prison for preaching the gospel. And he's having to deal with those emotions and those feelings. Listen, have you ever just been in that place where you're just dealing with emotions and feelings, but yet you're going through all of it so fast that there's something in you that says, wait a second, you're missing something here. You're missing a lesson. You're missing 
a life lesson. You're missing something that can shift your eternal destiny. And that's what I'm talking about today. There are so many moments, and, and in that moment on campus, I was just thinking about like kids were running around and they were going crazy and there was hay everywhere. And, you know, my mindset would be like, hey, who's going to clean up the hay? We need to clean up the hay. Hey, who's going to clean up the hay, right? But I just got out of that mindset and said, listen, the hay doesn't matter. The moment matters. And I was making sure that I was looking at every person and I was looking them in the eye and I was saying, hey, I, I love you and Hey, you, you're, you're so valuable to me, and I value this moment. And, you know, I don't know if some of you saw the post that I posted out uh, after we were done with that event, but it was like the kids found me out in the front yard. They found me, and all of a sudden, we didn't have a dunking booth, but we did have a target practice on pastor that day. And it was like all of a sudden they were chasing me, and they were throwing frisbees at me and wiffle balls and tennis balls, and I was just sprinting. I wasn't thinking about hey, my back is hurting right now, and hey, I'm probably gonna pass out after this is over. I was just in the moment. Whatever I have to do after this moment is over, it's gonna be worth it because look at the, look at the faces of these kids. They're having a moment. There was giggling and laughing, and it was, Pastor, Pastor, I'm coming after you. And some of them, it was, Pastor, Pastor, I'm coming after you. And it was like, I, I'm sure I had welts and all these things, but it was a moment that God had given us. And in that moment, it wasn't, hey, I'm Pastor coming to you kids. It's, hey, I'm a bond servant. I'm a servant. I just want to serve you kids. I want to enjoy this moment, and I want you to never forget this moment that there was some place that you were safe enough to experience fun, but also experience the presence of God in a real way. And in every single moment on campus that day, I just took it in. And I'll just say this publicly. I haven't said this publicly, but publicly, I got the silver spoon for my chili. And it was so funny because I get this wooden spoon that has been spray painted silver and I'm walking away, you know, with my silver spoon and somebody walks up and says, Pastor, it took you all these 50 plus years to get a silver spoon to put in your mouth and it ends up being just a wooden spoon <laughs> spray painted silver. And I was like, perfect. That is so perfect for me. It was a moment. This is a moment that Paul is having with the Philippians. You and I are having a moment right now with the word of God that can change everything in our lives. Don't miss this moment. Whether it's 20 minutes, whether it's 30 minutes, whether it's 40, whatever it is, don't miss the life lessons in this moment. Paul is saying, listen, don't miss this. I want you to know this. I have seen you. The Lord has seen you. Listen to me right now. I have seen you. Well, pastor, I only come in online, but I've seen your name. And you've seen me press like and you've seen me press love or whatever it is on the comments that you put in the chat because I see you and the Lord has seen you and you are valuable and God has a plan for you and God has a destiny for you and God has seen your failures. Yes, he's seen your failures and he has seen your victories. God has seen when you've fallen flat, but he's also seen when you've gotten up and you've said, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. I'm gonna ask and I'm gonna seek and I'm gonna knock. I'm gonna keep asking, I'm gonna keep seeking, I'm gonna keep knocking, Lord. Not because I'm good, but because you're good. We see you and God sees you 
And Paul is telling that to the Philippians and he begins the whole entire letter with, I am so thankful for you. I've been praying for you. Christ has been preached among you and from you. You have lived in Christ. You have strived for the gospel. You have suffered for Christ. You have, you have had u- uh, unity through humility. You're humble. He goes through all these things. He talks about you've been light bearers. He commends Timothy. He commends Epaphroditus, who he has sent to them to, to be amongst them, to teach them, to live with them, to comfort them, to, to do life with them. And he commends them. He encourages them that they've been with the Philippians. He talks about all for Christ and pressing on toward the goal of the, 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 the calling, that, that high calling for the mark that's set before you, that prize, which is Christ. All these familiar things. Be unified, joyful, prayer, meditate on these things. He says all of these things, and then he gets to those, I can do all things through Christ. And then he comes to this, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So what does that mean, Scott? Last week we talked about ask, seek, and knock. I can't just ask for whatever I want. I'm going to get it. There's a context to it. There's something that happens before then, and it's the same with this promise today. What happens before them? Well, Paul tells them in chapter 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. You've been going through it, but rejoice. Come on, set that foundation of rejoicing, being thankful for what God has done in your life. And then he says, Be anxious for nothing. Listen, the world is gonna try, life is gonna try to make you anxious and fearful and full of doubt instead of faith. Be anxious for nothing. How in the world am I gonna do that? By prayer and supplication. Make your request known. Ask, seek, and knock. You see how these promises build and lead to one another. The word of God isn't just some, a bunch of stories that have just been randomly thrown out like a puzzle. It all fits together and it all leads somewhere. It all leads to Jesus. It all leads to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And Paul is encouraging them. And he's saying, listen, if you will, by prayer and supplication, thanksgiving, make your request, ask, seek, and knock, here's what's gonna happen. The peace of God, which passes your understanding and the understanding of all those around you, the peace of God is gonna be on you and in you, with you. He's setting this foundation. And then he says, listen, finally, whatever things, like whatever you're gonna think on, think on these things. Noble, lovely, good report, virtuous, meditate on these things, these things you've learned. Listen, I wanna tell you today, I wanna stand in that place of someone who has influence in your life. And I wanna say to you, those things that we've taught you, those things that you've learned, you walk those things out. You do those things. You speak those things. Scott, how can you be so sure about yourself? Because what we have given you is not our opinion. We have given you the word of God. It is true. The promises of God are yes and amen. Do those things you have learned. And if you haven't learned anything, go back, listen, read, get it in your spirit, pray those things and learn them and do those things. I'm not just coming to you as Pastor Scott. Or as a prophet of God, I'm coming to you as a bond servant to say, listen, we're serving in this amazing kingdom together. We're not, none of us are alone. Although we may feel like we're alone, we're never alone. There is someone who is going through the exact same thing, 
who is going into it, going through it, or coming out of it. We're not alone. Elijah the prophet thought he was all alone. God, I'm the only one who's serving you, and I find myself in this cave, and I just want to die. God says, how dare you think you're the only one? Are you kidding me? There are thousands who have not bowed their knees, who have not bended their knees to the will of this world or the spirit of this age. You're not alone. And for the first time in that prophet's life, he heard the whisper of God. Maybe for the very first time, instead of the booming, thunderous voice of God, he hears the whisper of God that basically tells him, you're not alone. You're not alone. You go from this place full of life where you wanted to die, now be full of life. And it's out of that moment that the next prophet who would take up the mantle would follow him, not after his greatest moment, but after one of his worst moments of thinking he was the only one. Paul tells the Philippians what you've received and heard and saw in me. Like we've been doing this thing together, what you've seen in me. When you've seen those things come out of me, these do and the God of peace will be with you. He's laying all these foundations. And then he says, listen, you want to know the greatest joy that I've had? I rejoiced. Well, when did he rejoice? He rejoiced that your care for me has flourished. Even when you couldn't get to me, you still had care for me. You still gave of yourself. Listen, I know that in the church world, and I know people have distorted the gospel and they perverted the gospel, and it's not right. The asking and seeking and receiving so you'll get something. Windows of heaven will be opened up. Scott, do you believe that? I do. But I also believe it in a healthy way, a biblical way. That it's not about me becoming a millionaire. It's about the kingdom of God expanding, progressing. People coming into the kingdom of God. Being snatched from hell and given the promise of eternal life. Our giving is important. You know, when we put in the chat, hey, here's a link to our giving. It's not really just something we're putting out there. What we're saying is, listen, our giving is so important. People's lives are being saved because we give to the Lord. Lives are being saved. This past week, I was sitting in a meeting in the city, and I was with a group of people that, that we come alongside them and we give and we pray and we serve with them. And in that meeting, there was a story that was told about a woman who had been sold to multiple people, sold a woman, a person, a human, sold. And then the story of redemption came. We were able to rescue them. We were able to pull them out. You want to know what? We have a part of that. Why? Because we love Jesus. We love people. We value human life. We say that human life is priceless. You can't put a price on it. But we can bring what God has blessed. We can bring it. And we can give it. Not just because we love a person, but because we love the Lord. Paul is saying, listen, you love the Lord and you love me. And even when you couldn't get to me, you were giving. And I rejoiced. And I thank God because of the example that you're living. Not an example of your goodness, but the goodness of God. And Paul says, listen, not that I, re 
I speak in regard to need, verse 11, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. And then he goes on to teach one of the greatest lessons in the word of God. He says, listen, if I'm celebrated, I'm good. If I'm being humiliated, I'm good. Whether I'm in jail for preaching the gospel or I'm out, I'm good. Whether people are talking good about me or bad about me, I am good. I am good. I have learned to be content. I've learned to be okay in whatever scenario. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ. Not that I can do whatever I want to do, but has, it has to do with in the spirit. I can do all things through Christ. Whatever's coming against me, I can walk through it because I'm doing it in Christ. He lays this amazing foundation. In verse 17, he says this. Not that I seek the gift. Man, here it is. He's like, I don't seek your gift. I don't, I don't want your gift. But I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Paul says, listen, I'm not seeking your money. What I'm seeking is when you come and you give, and you give to what God is doing, and you give with the right motives. We talked about it last week. Motives matter. When you give with the right motives, the fruit that comes from that, that's what I'm after. Because that's the fruit that remains. There's eternal value in that fruit. It's not just fruit that we see right here on earth, but we are laying up treasures in heaven. And then he says, I have all and I abound. Now we know Paul didn't have everything. He didn't. He's a tent maker. He didn't have everything. But he says, I have all that I need. Why? Because Christ is my all in all. And because of that, God is blessing and God is providing for everything that I need. And he says, having received from Epaphroditus, verse 18, the things sent from you, like what you gave to the Lord, Epaphroditus brought it to me. He's not saying, oh my gosh, all this money, it's amazing, it's great, it's wonderful. He says, it's a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Your motives were pure. Your hands are clean. Your heart is pure. And what you have brought is now, it's not just money or it's not just stuff or it's not just this or that, but it is a sweet-smelling fragrance. It's worship that God is well-pleased. And then he says, and my God, why is that so important? He says, my God. You want to know why that's important? He's not talking about some distant God who doesn't care about what's going on. He's a personal God, my God. <laughs> he is my God. He is your God. He's a personal God. He's not a distant, angry father waiting to strike you down. He's a compassionate, loving father who, yes, there must be justice in the spirit. But thank God that in Christ and through Christ, that when we come to the Father through Christ, that the justice comes through the blood of Jesus. Our forgiveness comes, our atonement comes through the blood of Jesus. The principle of sowing and reaping, that's justice in the kingdom of God. You sow, whatever you sow, you will reap. Motives matter. However you give it will be the measure in which it's given back. He says, my God shall supply. What does that mean? That means God is not lacking in anything. 
God doesn't need anything from us. We are the ones that have the need to bring it to God. Because when we worship, we get our eyes off of us. We get our eyes on the one who created us in his own image. Shall supply all your needs. Now Paul's like, he's your personal God too. Your needs matter. Needs, not necessarily wants. Needs. According to what? According to someone's bank account? No. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That the supply that comes from God is a supply that's not a supply from this earth. It's not a million dollars or a billion dollars or anything like that. There's no dollar value on it. There is an eternal value ascribed to it, which means that it will never end. See, no matter how much money they try to print on this earth, it will always end somewhere because it's temporary. But those things that we lay up in heaven will go on forever and ever and ever. Why is it so important that we are anxious for nothing but prayer and supplication? Why are those prayers so important? Because when we pray with the right motives, we are laying up treasures in heaven and those prayers continue to go on and on and on and on. So that prayers that you pray, even after your life is over, those unanswered prayers can have an answer. Why? Because those prayers are laid up treasure in heaven. I am the product of prayers that were prayed even before I was born. I am a product of prayers that were prayed by my grandmother when I was a child and I didn't even know that she was praying. And even after her life was over, those prayers are still being answered today. Let's read it again. Philippians 4, 19. And hopefully this time we read it, our viewpoint of what this scripture really means will be a little bit different. And my God, personal, shall supply, endless supply, all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Friends, rejoice in the Lord always. Be anxious for nothing. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, make your requests known and the peace of God will be with you. Meditate on these things. Things are lovely and awesome and great and trustworthy. Not lies, gossip. Not what we want to believe, but what the truth is. Meditate on those things. Focus on those things. That which you have learned from us and that which you have learned from me today. Do those things and the peace of God will be with you. Learn to be okay in Christ. Whether you're on a mountaintop or in a valley. Learn to be okay because you can do all things through Christ. And I just want to thank my God, Scott's personal God. I want to thank my God for you. I want to thank my God for your gift that you clicked on a button today in some form or fashion to welcome me to wherever you are. And that has been a gift to me because I get to share my life's calling with you because you clicked on a button. You said yes today to me. And I thank my God always for you. 
and I rejoice for your gift. And that whatever you give and whatever you have brought today, you've brought your attention, you've brought your heart, you, you have opened up your soul today to the gospel and I give thanks for that today. And I say that it's a sweet smelling aroma, a fragrance to God, well pleasing to him. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Isn't God good? Isn't he amazing? Isn't he awesome to just allow us to be a part of such a beautiful kingdom? God is good. And he can and will supply all of our need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And know this, we may never be known as rich on this earth, but in Christ, our riches are untold because they cannot be measured on this earth because they're not earthly treasures. They're eternal treasures laid up in heaven. God is moving all over the earth right now God is moving in somebody's life because of something we have said or we have done or we have given. God is speaking and moving and changing a life today. It may be yours, it may be mine right now, but all over this world, God is changing someone's destiny, their eternal destiny, because of something we did, we said, or we gave. Think about that for a second. That's eternal. And this world cannot define that. They may try, but they can never define that. Merriam-Webster can't even define that because it goes beyond this earth. So today, I want to leave you not with me praying for you or even with you today, but I want to leave you with some sage advice that I learned as a child, and I didn't even know I was learning it as a child. And my instructor was Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers. And he would say, take a moment because silence is powerful. Moments are precious. Take a moment and think about those who have spoken a word to you, those who have served you, those who have had influence and impact. And I would just add today, not those just on this earth in an earthly way, but heavenly treasures have been deposited in your life. And just take a moment to give thanks for them and their influence. 15 seconds to just be silent and to give God thanks for the Pauls of our lives who encouraged us when maybe no one else could. I want you to think about a person right now. Think about a person right now. Get it in there. Lock it in. I've got mine right now. I've got mine. All right, have you got it? All right, 15 seconds to think about that person or that moment in total silence and give God thanks for them. And I'll watch the time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What we have just done is we have been the Philippians, the hearers. We've also been the Pauls by giving thanks to God for those who have given and have blessed our lives. 
And I believe today with this promise, it's the greatest way we could possibly end this today. Listen, if God has moved in your life, if you have come back into a relationship with Jesus because you've been far away, or maybe you have accepted Christ for the very first time today, can you please let us know that? Media Hub at thpshreport.com. Prayer requests, send those to Media Hub at thpshreport.com. We want to know what's going on with you. We want to we want to know what the Lord is doing in you. What is He saying? So that we can not just celebrate with you, but we can pray with you as well. And may the Lord bless you and keep you today. And I love you, and I really, really do appreciate you. God bless you. Thank you.